This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Last week, Argentina's uh, government announced new restrictions on foreign currency purchases. President Mauricio Macri made the move to try and stabilize financial markets. Investors have been fleeing since Macri did worse than expected in last month's primaries, losing out to the more left-wing opposition leader, Alberto Fernandez. This has caused a sharp drop in the value of the peso. Argentina is in a recession and facing soaring inflation right now. Macri's government had borrowed $57 billion from the International Monetary Fund last year and is seeking to defer payments on around $100 billion of debt as fears mount of a default. Fernandez, whose running mate is former Argentine President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, is now favored to win the October presidential elections. So what options does Argentina have right now and could returning to a more Peronist government help or hurt the country? With more, we are joined on the phone by William Burke White, law professor and director of the Perry World House here at the University of uh, Pennsylvania, and by Manuel Ballon, who is associate professor of political science and international development at McGill University based in Montreal. Bill, great to have you back with us, Manuel. Great to have you with us today. Thank you both. Glad to. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Bill, I'll start with you. What is it outside of history that that it, that drives people towards Peronism in uh, in Argentina? Well, you know, it is it is a cycle of history. We seem to come back to this place, uh, you know, every every few years or at least every decade, where Argentina is on the verge of collapse. And you know, the the reality is that over the years, the Argentine people have looked to Peronist governments from Peron forward through. Uh, both uh, Mr. and then Mrs. Kirshner's terms as president, uh, as, as a kind of rescue and bailout. And what we've seen in Peronist governments is an increase in uh, spending and social spending and, and policies that, uh, you know, improve people's daily lives, usually at the expense of the Argentine economy over the long term. Uh, and it's not surprising that as the economy starts to spiral uh, downward, uh, people are looking in the next round of balloting in October uh, to the Peronist um, uh, partnership between uh, Fernandez and and Kirshner to uh, to rescue them once again. Manuel, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, it's you know, understanding Peronism in Argentina is very complicated, right? Um, it's not necessarily a leftist movement. It's not necessarily a, a right wing movement. It, it does have a populist feel to it, even though not all Peronists are populists. And so there's a wide range of variation among Peronists. The government of Menem in the 90s was a, um, you know, very market-friendly Peronist government, but it was a Peronist government too, right? right. And so, so I agree um, with Bill that that this is um, sort of people turning towards Peronism in a moment in which the economy has gone south um, over the last few years under the Macri administration. Um, and so whether this is a good idea or a bad idea is, is, is still very much up in the air. Right. And if you can, give us your sense of, of watching the Macri government over the last couple of years of, of what they have tried to do. And, and, and obviously they're in a, uh, a very uh, delicate spot right now. And, and the impact that it, it's again having on a country that has a history of defaults. Yeah, I mean, there there was a plan, and and the plan had it worked, it, it 
you know, it could have been it could have been successful, right? And the idea was to you know cut spending inwards, and so um, there was going to be an adjustment. There was going to be you know increased poverty and unemployment, and this was pretty you know they were pretty open about this, not to the extent that it actually happened, but the idea was to you know balance the budget, um, get some international help in the beginning to, you know, jumpstart the economy. And then there was going to be a reign of uh, external investment in the country that would, you know, really help the economy grow. And this would trickle down to people eventually and solve the short, what was were going to be short-term economic issues that, that these adjustment policies would generate in people. The thing is, this cycle was never actually realized, right? right? We stopped at the point in which they, they got in debt with, um, you know, IMF money, but foreign investment never really made it to Argentina in any significant way. And so you, you borrow, you borrow, you borrow, hoping yep. for that investment to come. It never really materializes. And then, you know, you lose the primaries and it looks like you're out of government soon and you can't borrow anymore. Bill? Yeah, I agree with with almost all of that. You know, uh, the the proposals and initial plans the Macri government made good sense. It was about uh, stabilizing the economy, cutting spending, as as you just heard, attracting investment. Um, and and for the beginning of the administration, uh, it was working relatively well through those early stages. Those stages are painful. Those involve budget cuts. Those involve, um, you know, paying back uh, bondholders uh, in a way that's necessary to re-engage the global economy, um, but put strains on on the domestic population. Uh, there was then a couple of intervening events that Macri probably can't be directly blamed for, a drought, for example. Um, but sure. all of those sort of hit at exactly the wrong time so that the broader plan could never be realized. And Macri found himself in a very difficult position earlier this year. He had long been in favor of uh, removing the capital controls that were in place uh, under uh, President Kirshner before him uh, with the goal of allowing people to save in dollars and allowing businesses to operate, uh, you know, exchange currencies freely, uh, and then had to sort of reverse course, take a big IMF loan uh, and put in place uh, the same currency controls that he had been advocating against for a long time because the economy was in such dire straits. And in so doing, he alienated really both sides of, of the Argentine political debate. And I think that's the result we saw in the first round of, of balloting uh, last month. But Manuel, when you look at, at the, the Argentine economy and, and its structure right now, because of the fact that there hasn't been this level of, of investment coming from other countries, uh, is the structure of the economy just such where you shouldn't really have the expectation of, of that investment level? I mean, to some degree, uh, yes. Um you know, you can take as an example the oil sector, right? And so there's there's vast reserves of oil in certain parts of the country that are not being exploited right now and right. that require investment in order to do so. Right. The thing is, that investment may come, but you also need all the infrastructure that investment is not going to, the external investment is not going to provide that infrastructure of roads, of trains, of different things in order to actually get that oil out in, a, in an efficient and effective way, right? And so you need 
um, you know, the investment came, for instance, for this place called Vaca Muerta, which is the, the an, an oil um, digging development, right? But then everything around it, all the roads were so messed up. Right, right. Everything was so messed up that they couldn't really take advantage of that, right? Yeah. And so if you think of, of Argentina and then you extrapolate from, from that specific example to the country, this is a country with problems in terms of infrastructure that are long-term investment problems, right? And that um, foreign investment rarely will help solve those issues. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is, it is um, to some extent unrealistic to think that foreign investment will, will come to the extent that Macri and, and his government expected it to come. Now, that, that being said, so the U.S. announced, uh, the Trump administration announced that they are going to invest $400 million in Argentina on infrastructure. But even with that amount of investment, um, well, you're still talking about that to a degree, it's, even it's a large sum of money, but to, agree, to a degree, is it a, a drop in the bucket in what is needed overall? I agree. I mean, it, this is a drop in the bucket insofar as the infrastructure problems of Argentina are exceed what one administration can do. This is not a four-year thing. This right. is something where, you know, investment needs to come for a long period of time, you know, in a steady way. There needs to be a long-term project. And, you know, the, the words long-term project in Argentinian politics are <laughs> almost oxymoronic, right? It, it, it doesn't make any sense. And so, and so this, this, it, it, if anything, is part of the problem, right? There right. is an, an, a level of agreement on a long-term strategy that then can take different political colors, but a long-term strategy that would help the country develop. Well, and Bill, there's also the the aspect of the peso against the U.S. dollar and and how investment had been uh, had been taking place over the last few years, and I guess some of the restrictions that had been in pla- put in place prior uh, by the Argentine government uh, were being eased by by President Macri, and now he's starting to tighten them up because so many people want to go to the U.S. dollar, worried about where the peso is headed right now. Yeah, so, you know, Argentina, every time it goes into one of these downward economic spirals, tends to impose some version of what, what in Argentine parlance is, is called a coralito, but a, a sort of, uh, you know, restriction on uh, removing U.S. dollars from uh, the country uh, to protect its bank accounts, preventing people from changing their pesos into dollars. Um, Argentines are smart and have saved money in dollars over the years because inflation uh, always ends up spiking uh, again at some point. Um, so this hits both the small Argentine investor um, who or, or, or just Argentine Argentine family trying to save money, uh, as well as the business sector um, that is, you know, needs to be able to move capital uh, in and out of the country to function. And Macri's whole early administration was built on removing those capital controls because investors uh, want to be able to expropriate their capital, uh, as well as uh, individuals who want to be able to save in dollars. And that uh, actually had a political constituency in favor of removing those capital controls. And as you know, Macri has now had to reverse course and impose them again simply because there's not enough money in the Argentine banks uh, to continue to prop up the peso and to meet um, 
you know, external demands for dollars. And so Macri really found no choice other than to reimpose capital controls. They're a more mild version of capital controls than what was in place under Kirshner, uh, you know, four years ago. Um, but they've come back. And, and that really, again, hit his political base because his part of his promise uh, was this liberalization. I did also want to yeah. say, though, when we were talking about the infrastructure problems in Argentina, you know, and, and why maybe there was a false hope of foreign investment, Argentina has an awful lot going for it. It has an incredibly well-educated and, and, um, and, and engaged population. It has an agricultural sector that's very effective. It has energy resources. And so there's a reason to think, and if you look historically, you know, it has been among the richest countries in the world at times. Right. So it has a population that expects to be uh, you know, in, in the G20 and, and part of the global economy in a big way and to reap the benefits of that. Um, but it's also continues to miss out on long-term infrastructure development, on the stability of an economic system that's really necessary for long-term investment to flow and flourish. And that tension, I think, makes it politically even harder than in countries that are just your typical developing country with developing country problems. Uh, Argentina has to confront this dual reality of a population that expects to be wealthy and and part of the world uh, and an infrastructure and economy uh, that looks very different. Matt Moll? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, You know, this is why I'm thinking that the the infrastructure problems in Argentina are infrastructure problems that are long-term, right? And even though, yes, there's a lot going for Argentina, especially if you compare it to other countries in the developing world, there's still, to make that leap forward, you need a a, a long-term strategy, right? And given the dependent sort of place that Argentina plays in the international sphere, right, this uh, you know, is is uh, that reality of investment towards infrastructure is not only dependent upon what Argentina does and what color politically it goes to towards, but also in terms of what happens internationally with the type of commodities that that Argentina produces, right? right. So the Kirchner years were were very good years based on on while there was commodity boom for the type of products that you know agricultural products that Argentina was producing. And those were boom years, and that money got spent, yeah. right? And things that that were needed, but that weren't long-term needs of the country. And, and Bill, there's also the element with uh, the former president uh, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner uh, helping to run a, as a vice presidential candidate uh, for Mr. Fernandez is the fact that she also has had a, a rather sketchy political career in Argentina, yet that doesn't seem to be a, a factor in terms of of that ticket moving forward in that country. Well, you know, Christina is a, uh, a political uh, enigma uh, and and uh, quite fantastic in her ability to kind of politically rebound. Obviously, she lost, um, you know, the the elections four years ago, uh, and then uh, you know joined into a coalition uh, with Fernandez. And Fernandez had worked for her husband for a while as his chief of staff. He's a law professor, um, and and he is a a kind of more moderate centrist version. 
uh, of uh, the the Kirshner dynasty in a sense. And Christina realized that she was a very polarizing figure, loved by some, despised by others. Uh, and you know, last two years wrote a memoir that got her sort of uh, back in the political spotlight. Uh, and and by coming in as vice president, uh, avoids I think some of the anti Christina movement that would be you know there if she were running for president, but also harnesses the support uh, of the of her administration and and her husband's administration. Uh, no, but you're also right. She is um, you know under something like eleven different indictments and investigations for corruption. Oh. Uh, and has managed to overcome that uh, and I think very shrewdly slotted herself in as the vice president. Uh, but Fernandez is is a real person in his own right. Uh, he is not going to be only her puppet, um, but the relationship there is complicated, and I think it leads to even greater uh, instability in the markets right now because no one quite knows whether they're going to get a you know Kirshner presidency take three uh, or if Fernandez really represents um, something new, which is what he is claiming as we move toward the final balloting. Mamo, you agree with that, or are there elements of, of this with Mr. Fernandez that – that will be his own. I mean, I I, I think um, sort of this. I agree that the strategy to put to slot Christina as vice president was a very shrewd political move, right? And it was based on a on a proper and I think a very smart reading of the political landscape, right? So el Kirchnerismo duro, the hard Kirchnerism, the 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 big support for the Kirchners was not going to get her elected this right. time around, right. right? This was not enough. And this lies at about 30%, right? Um, and so you, they needed more because the level of rejection towards uh, Cristina was, was very high, right? And so they broadened and created a Peronist and, you know, pan-Peronist because there's, there's figures that could not be purely Peronist within this coalition, but a coalition that brings together uh, people like Sergio Massa, right, who who ran his own presidential campaign four years ago and came in third and, and did, you know, a good job at running that campaign as a third, a sort of third figure to the side. Now he's folded into the Alberto Fernandez coalition, right? right. And other people that, that bring this coalition a sense that this is not Kirchnerism. This is Peronism plus, right? And this is a broad opposition coalition that that really um, rejects many of the policies that Macri and his government have put forth, right. and that tries to really take advantage of what has been, you know, a rather uh, poor performance of the economy during these last four years, right? There's a lot of rejection towards Macri's government, and they're really banking on that bringing them to power. Now, what happens after they win, which I think they will win, is is a bit of an enigma. I think Alberto Fernandez, as Bill was saying, has uh, his own persona. He has his own power. He is not a puppet. He has been, during the campaign, both before the primaries and after the primaries, trying to walk a very thin line um, of moderation while not really ostracizing anybody, has been seen as being flip-flopping a little too much. But this is what the, the, the his situation asks for, if anything, right? To walk right. that thin line. It's a very thin line to walk, though, right? And we will have to see after the elections, once and if as I think he will be elected president, um, you know, what type of coalition, what type of governing coalition is he going to be able to put together? Who's going to stay put? Who's going to, you know, be angry with the type of decisions that he makes? And what level of support will he get?
And I guess the question then playing off of what you just said, Manuel, is would the economic policies of of Fernandez and also de Kirchner, would they be able to kind of turn this path for the Argentine economy, in your opinion? Um, I wish I knew. Um, I think uh, I, I, I certainly hope so. Um, I think short term, there will be some level of relief. I think, uh, you know, they they will start spending more. Uh, out of what money, I'm not sure, but right. there will be start spending more. Um, there will be some further, I think, some further controls on the dollar um, that Macri has already started. I think this is a, a, a path that will be hard to stop at this point. Um, and, and, you know, I, I really hope that they're successful in what they're trying to do. I hope that all presidents in Argentina are successful trying to do what they're trying to do, but, but I'm not, uh, I'm not convinced that there's an easy path out of this current political economic turmoil. But how important then are the restrictions on the U.S. dollar, potentially in Argentina, uh, to try and boost the peso back up so th- that you can maybe see a path to, to some of these elements coming uh, coming to fruition in the future, Manuel? I don't think they want the prop, to prop the peso up too much. Okay. Um, I think the, the peso right now is hovering at around 60, 50-something, uh, which, is, which is, you know, significantly lower than it was uh, just a year ago. And I think the the... What they're banking on, and by day I mean uh, potential Alberto Fernandez administration, is is a peso that is competitive in terms of you know try to prop up production. This is they have a an idea of industrialization of Argentina, of you know generating more products that are not just agriculture that requires sort of a, a cheap peso to some extent. Um, whether they're going to be able to also prop up the internal market to sell those products is, is a bit more of a question mark. Bill? Yeah, so I think we have to look at a short term and a long term in terms of where the Argentine economy is headed. The short term, there's two problems. One is the political uncertainty that flowed from uh, the very surprising primary result. Uh, and the uh, lack of clarity as to really what a Fernandez um, uh, presidency will look like economically. And I think, uh, you know, once Fernandez is in power and, um, you know, assuming he does, in fact, win the the final round, which we expect him to, um, some of that political uncertainty will go away, and that will help solve one of the current problems. There's also a significant fiscal short-term problem that the government's facing. It doesn't have money uh, in the bank accounts. Um, And that is actually going to get exactly exacerbated to some degree when Fernandez comes to power, because he will be expected to placate some of his political support, particularly from the Kirshner side of the ticket, um, that's going to expect an increase in government spending. And so that fiscal crunch is going to continue. Um, But I think the political stabilization will help a lot, and we'll have to see how Fernandez tries to navigate that. The longer-term challenge is how do we really restore the Argentine economy and get it moving forward? And I think that needs some kind of political stability and political economic discipline 
uh, over time. And, you know, Fernandez has to figure out a political way to achieve um, it, the goals, I think, that Macri set forward four years ago, um, but in a much softer and, and, and more populist version thereof. Uh, and the question is, is he willing to do that? Is that where he wants to take the country? And yeah. is he politically able to do that? That was going to be the next question, is when you have De Kirshner as your vice president, do you think he, he's able to really push you know, the, the things forward that, that he will want to do, or whether or not, as has been mentioned, whether or not we find out that, that he is a puppet to a degree? I don't think he's going to be a puppet, but I do think, you know, he's going to have a, a lot of support in the uh, election um, that comes from that side of the party. And he can't uh, or, or that, you know, that side of the Argentine electorate. And he can't ignore that. Um, so he is going to be under real pressure uh, to to, you know, increase some subsidies and spending and so forth. Um, but the, the question for me is, is can he invent uh, a slightly different political economic policies uh, that aren't going straight back to Kirshnerism uh, and that all also aren't the austerity that Macri represents. Right. And and we don't know whether he has the political wherewithal or if there is an economic path that sort of marries those two agendas. Uh, and if there is, maybe that's um, a, a promising way forward, but it's going to be a really hard road between here and there. Manuel? Yeah, um, I agree. What what I would say is, is a couple of things. Um, first is this this really difficult path forward for Alberto Fernandez is undeniable, um, both politically and economically, as Bill was saying. But I think he is uniquely positioned to navigate this. I think uh, the continuation of a Macri government would not be able to walk this line. Right. Um, and I think a, a sharp turn to the left or Kirchnerism with, uh, you know, a pure Kirchnerista type of, of candidate would have not been able to do this. I think whether he's able to do it or not, I don't know, right? But I think he is positioned in a place in which he potentially can do it. As I think very few other people that I could think of could have been in this position. I think he has, you know, he was there during the, the Nestor Kirchner administration as a key political figure. Mm -hmm. That administration was successful on many levels. Um, he uh, positioned himself against Christina Kirchner when she went a little too far on her personalistic type of policies and, and when she turned more left. He also rejected Macri. He is placed in a pretty unique position. He has the Peronist credibility. He has so far the support of Kirchnerism. And so whether he'll be able to do it or not, I don't know. But I can't think of anybody who's better positioned to, to do this. Thank the you. One thing that I would disagree with Bill a little bit is yeah. how surprising this is. I, I think, uh, yeah, 15, 17 percent in the primaries was a bit surprising. Yeah. But with the economy the way that it was, I think it was delusional to think that Macri would be close in the primaries. Gentlemen, really gentlemen, have to end it there. Thank you very much for your time. Bill, Manuel, all the best. Thank, Thank you. Dan. Thank you. William Burke White from here at the University of Pennsylvania, Manuel Ballon at McGill University in Montreal. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.